Nature is all those things that aren't man-made. It's the flowers and the plants and the leaves and the animals. And it's all those things that you can touch, but also those things you can't touch. It's the big, the well, the enormous and the minute. Nature to me is it's a bit of an escape from busy city life. Whether that be a local park, getting up to the countryside or down to the beach, it's just really nice to switch off and collect your thoughts. Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Foundation podcast, a series in which we bring you a range of different mental health topics with real life stories, expert comments and mental health tips. My name is Jenny Walker, we change from our previous host, the brilliant Bethan Harvey. So big thanks to you Bethan for passing the mic to me for this episode. Now, we all have mental health. I myself have experienced mental illness before and I and the organisation want to raise awareness and help provide support to others with this podcast. Remember to subscribe, like and comment. Every year, the Mental Health Foundation hosts Mental Health Awareness Week and this year, the theme we've chosen for the week is nature. We're focusing on how we connect with nature to support our mental health and well-being. Our relationship with nature how much we notice, think about and appreciate our natural surroundings is a critical factor in supporting good mental health and helping to prevent distress. Like any relationship, the quality is what matters and the more connected we feel to nature, whether that's being outside or in other ways, the more likely it is to help our mental health. Nature itself has a very wide definition It can mean green spaces such as parks, woodlands or forests, as well as blue spaces like rivers, wetlands, beaches or canals. It also includes trees on an urban street, private gardens, verges and even indoor plants or window boxes. Surprisingly, even watching nature documentaries has been shown to be good for our mental health. This is great because it means the mental health benefits of nature can be made available to almost all of us, no matter where we live. Today I'll be speaking with three different people, Cass in London, Jamie in Edinburgh and Becky in Newcastle, about their experiences with nature and mental health, particularly during lockdown. We'll also hear from Dr Chiara Lombardo and Jolie Goodman, who are part of the Mental Health Foundation's research and programmes teams. Chiara will be telling us more about the research behind the positive impact of nature on our mental health and Jolie will chat with us about how the Mental Health Foundation has been applying this research in real life programmes. We really hope this episode encourages you to think about how nature supports your own mental health and what nature means to you. If you'd like to join the conversation online, please use the hashtag connectwithnature and tag us at mentalhealth on Twitter or at Mental Health Foundation on Instagram. We're also on Facebook and LinkedIn and we would love to hear from you. Hi Cass, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Could you just introduce yourself to start us off? Hi, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Um, I'm Cass, I'm 23 and I'm from London and I'm very excited. Amazing. What does the term nature mean to you? To me, nature means being among trees, plants, flowers. It means feeling the weather on your skin, whether that's the sun or the rain. Um, knowing, knowing England, it's probably the rain. Um, it means seeing animals and creatures, all the other animals and creatures we share this planet with. And it means, you know, going up a mountain and enjoying the view and uh, just sunbathing on a beach. It means the oceans, the rivers, the lakes. It means even space and planets and stars and sunsets and storms and it, it means colour to me. I feel like nature brings a lot of colour 
follow, whether that's, you know, a sunset lighting up the sky and, you, you know, you see all, all, all these beautiful colours like the reds and the oranges or, you know, just the vibrant greens you see in parks and trees and even in animals and birds that have beautiful markings on them. So, yeah, it's a real um, change from our bleak, grey urban environments and to me nature is anything that isn't man-made or artificial. But yeah, I, I could really go on and on and on. You know, but I, I feel like that's what's so incredible about nature is that the list is endless. Um, there's always something new to discover about it. And in that way, nature is, you know, relentless. And Mother Nature keeps on giving in abundance. Wow, I could listen to you all day talking about nature. It's actually really calming listening to you describe it. Now, where you live, would you say that nature is easy for you to access? Yeah, I would say nature is pretty easy to access um, around my area. We have parks and a lot of green spaces, like five minutes away from me. And there's also this really nice, like, unpaved path that goes along, like, across behind one of our roads. Um, and it, when you go along it, you just have all these trees on either side of you. And so it's really refreshing to go down that route when I go into town. You get to see, like, all the birds and the ducks. Uh, like along like a little stream there's also a really nice trail that goes along um, a river and I like to take that to go for a walk get my 10,000 steps in or to cycle and they have these really nice like logs like left over by the side of the bank like, I like going there to sit with my friends and we just chat and yeah just enjoy the river like going past it's it's really calming it's, it's such a nice environment to be in but yeah I do worry about like urbanization and you know a lot of London is polluted and because of the housing crisis I mean there's an, a need to build more homes and a lot more people are going to be moving to London because of the pandemic for jobs and I feel like when I do go to parks and other green spaces I feel like it is a lot more crowded than what it used to be I, I'm, I am grateful for what we do have but I, I hope that these spaces are protected and aren't covered up in future years Definitely, that's so important when we're we're engaging with nature more and more, I think, because we know more about the global climate crisis. I'm really reflecting more on it when I am in nature and kind of respecting it as much as I am enjoying the benefits that I get from nature. How would you say connecting with nature has helped your mental health? I would say connecting with nature has helped my mental health a lot. It helps clear my mind. You know when you're sat in your room for a few days and you haven't opened the windows to let the fresh air in and it becomes stuffy and you kind of feel suffocated? Mm. Um, that's how I feel in my mind and I feel like after I've gone outdoors for a walk or to cycle and I feel the fresh air through my hair um, as I'm cycling, I just feel like my mind kind of resets. I feel a bit like recharged. Also when I'm out in nature, I, I feel like I've become very present because when you're going on a walk, you notice like the trees and the colour and you notice like the rocks, like the, the pebbles on the floor and you look at, you can like see the squirrels um, going up the trees and doing that like really helps me to stay present and I'm not just like lost in my thoughts. So it really helps me, helps to ground me. Nature I feel is also very healing. I mean, everyone knows it's been scientifically proven, like, you know, getting your exercise outside and getting your vitamin D from the sun. I'm stating the obvious, but you know, the food we grow from the soil and the water we use to drink and we, we use all of that and we can nurture ourselves. So well, like nature is very um, healing. And for me, it's also, when I think of nature, I, I'm grateful to the fact that it gives me freedom of just being out in the world and not confined to four walls. <laughs> 
you know, our lifestyles are very fast paced. We're always caught up in work and deadlines and always commuting somewhere, sitting in traffic or being packed on a tube. And I feel I feel like our lives are always changing. Um, there's always like a new trend on social media or there's always something going on in the news. But just this like sort of sit among the trees and the plants in a park, you know, where the trees are just rooted into it into earth and they've been here before me and they, they will be here after me and it's just very like reassuring and it calms me down and um, calms down my thoughts when life gets busy and hectic so yeah I'll, def- I'll definitely say connecting to nature has been so helpful for our mental health that's great I definitely relate to that I think it's such a useful tool to have that's you know it's just so integral to our being it's who we are like we we come from nature and I know what you mean about the trees I definitely have been walking through a forest and looked at a tree and I think well how many people has that tree seen how many people have walked by this tree like throughout time how much has the world changed and it, it just makes me have a lot of perspective on my own life and it makes my problems seem very small when I look at it that way it sounds like you've always had a really, really good relationship with nature. You've always been quite aware of it. Do you feel like you have felt the positive effects more during lockdown the past year? I think definitely coming out of lockdown, I've definitely grown a deeper appreciation for nature. It hasn't always been like that throughout my life. It has changed. Um, when I was younger, I was a bit of a hermit. Um, I didn't really leave my room much. I also went through depression for a few years and I wouldn't even open my curtains and I liked being in the dark in my room. And summer used to be my least favourite season. Um, I was really insecure about my body and I, I used to be that kid walking around with my coat on in the heat. <laughs> and yeah, I just, I, I hated the sun. Um, I used to sit in my room in the dark. and But now I, I love seeing a clear blue sky. It makes me so happy. It just lifts my mood up. And you know when the sun comes through the clouds and you feel the warmth in your skin. And I, I don't go to the shade. I, I find myself gravitating towards where the sun sits. Yeah, and, I, and it's, it's really weird to me to like to acknowledge that change in myself. I, I actually can't believe I used to hate summer. And through lockdown, I'm, I've been on a lot of Zoom meetings. And as soon as it's done, I just can't wait to just go out and go for a little stroll. And just to breathe in the fresh air. So, um... Yeah, throughout my life and throughout the pandemic, I've definitely developed a deep respect and like appreciation for nature and how much it's helped me. And um, yeah, I've, I've really grown to enjoy it now. Thank you for sharing that. Do you think that nature helps you gain perspective when dealing with life challenges? Um, yeah, so there's this great quote I find myself going to, um, to gain perspective when dealing with life challenges. And it, when a flower doesn't bloom, you fix the environment in which it grows and not the flower. And it's by um, someone called Alexander Den Hager. I, I think he's an, a Dutch inspirational speaker. I don't know where I heard it from, but um, it's, it's really stuck with me. And I feel like I can really relate to it, especially someone who really struggled going through higher education and going to uni and trying to get a science degree and not enjoying it and not getting the grades I wanted. Um, I felt like I wasn't fulfilling my potential. I felt like a failure because I wasn't succeeding on this one path in life. But it wasn't until I decided to leave uni to sort of save my mental health and for a lot of other reasons to move out and I became independent and I decided to pursue a career that I really wanted. So, you know, going along with the quote, like fixing the environment in which the flower grows, that was really when I started to see positive changes in myself, my happiness, and I've grown a lot more confident and my mental health has improved. And, you know, that in turn has improved my relationships with my friends and my family. So... I feel like there's definitely something to learn from nature when dealing with 
life challenges and whatever life throws at you. You're so right. I love that comparison to nature with our own lives. I've definitely felt that too when I've been at school in a class I, I don't feel like I do well in or in a situation where you're like, this just doesn't feel like me. It's not the best. It's not helping me grow. And that's, you know, it's different for everyone. What does and doesn't help them grow. And yeah, the key word there is grow. <laughs> Growth is very, comes from nature a lot. So I absolutely love that comparison you've made. Cass, thank you so, so much for joining me on the podcast. It's been such a pleasure chatting to you. Thank you so much. Jamie, thank you for joining me today on the podcast. Can you tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, no, it's a pleasure. My name is Jamie. I'm 23 and I'm a personal trainer and online coach from Edinburgh. So what does the term nature mean to you? So nature to me is it's a bit of an escape from busy city life, whether that be a local park in Edinburgh, getting out to the countryside or down to the beach. It's just really nice to switch off and collect your thoughts. Is nature easy to access where you live? Yeah, I'd say it's relatively easy. I'm very fortunate in the fact I have a car, so I can jump in the car and head pretty much anywhere around Edinburgh. I find there's lots of uh, nice spots down by Cramond Beach, which is lovely to get down there for, for a good walk. And there's a couple of really nice parks where you sort of feel like you're in the middle of nowhere. Even Arthur's seat in the, in the middle of the city can be quite a nice break from the busy areas around it. Yeah, really lucky in Edinburgh to have lots of green space. How would you say connecting with nature has supported your mental health? I think it's just been important. I think during lockdown, obviously, there's been certain rules around um, leaving your house, especially at the start. It was pretty strict. Um, so getting outdoors was was massive for me because um, I was on my own quite a lot. And, you know, it's, it, it did pose different challenges at times. And I think it was just uh, it was important to get out of like your immediate environment. I think it can be um, mm-hmm. so important to get out. In nature, uh, wherever that is, I feel like when you're sort of closed up in the house all day, it can start to have a bit of a a bad impact uh, on my mental health anyway. Um, So definitely connecting with nature and and getting outdoors has been super helpful for me during lockdown to to help manage it as best I can. I remember one day in particular, I was just feeling pretty low, feeling um, yeah, pretty isolated, I guess. I think I'd been at home on my own for a good sort of six or seven weeks and I did not feel up to doing much that day, but for some reason I managed to drag myself out for a run because there's been loads of times in the past where I've had the option to exercise and I have done and you start to be able to sort of just make yourself do it even when you don't want to because you know how good you're going to feel after it. You can remind yourself uh, and I was particularly low this day, but I did manage to sort of get out there, get out for a walk, which then sort of turned into a run and I remember just the complete contrast and how I was feeling after that run it was like mad it's never been more apparent to me how powerful exercise can be to change um how you're feeling at that moment it was like a proper striking moment for me that's brilliant I definitely relate to that exercise and being outside has made such a difference in in quite a short period of time sometimes you know it's not a a be all and end all always but it can make such a huge difference to your your well-being have you always had quite a good relationship with nature or do you think it's changed over the past year? Um, I would say I've always had a pretty good relationship. I've frequently visited the countryside with my, my family when I was younger. So I've always sort of understood the importance of being outdoors. But definitely it's probably just been highlighted a little bit more in the last year, just in, in terms of how much of a difference it can make 
to your mental health and how you're feeling. I know being at a desk and working at home, being stuck indoors for me, it definitely leads to me feeling a bit lower. So it's just really important to fit in that time every day to try and get out of there, even if it's just for a simple walk around the block. It can it can make a huge difference for me. That's great. And do you exercise quite a lot outside as well? I know you're a personal trainer, so I wondered if that factored into your day-to-day activities. I definitely get my 10,000 steps in every day. That's a, that's a big thing <laughs> that I always aim for. In terms of exercise, out with that, I did get into a good bit of running during lockdown but when the weather does allow it in Scotland especially when the sun's out in the park I'll be sort of stretching in the park with my friends or whatever just chilling so it's, it's quite nice in the sun. So I'm in Edinburgh in Scotland as well and I know that a lot of people have a lot of views about the weather in Scotland it can be quite up and down I personally don't find it too intense I, I quite enjoy the weather we get here but I was wondering what your relationship is like with it. Um, does it put you off going out into nature if it's rainy or if it's windy, that kind of thing? Yeah, I think um, when I was younger, it probably had a bigger effect on me than it does now. I think a couple of years ago, I kind of made a bit of a, a bit of a promise to myself that I wouldn't let the weather dictate my plans. Um, mm. Of course, if it's a horrible, horrible, horrible day, um, I might not venture out. But for the most part, you can just put on the right clothing and get out of there um, and try and not let it sort of um, affect your plans, I think. In Scotland, we tend to be pretty critical of the weather and do, I found it a lot with people my age, they sort of do tend um, to let the weather stop them getting out and about. If you can reframe it and put it in a bit of a more positive light, um, I'd like to think that it probably have a, a bit of a better impact on people in the UK. Yeah, I personally really enjoy running in the rain. I like to pretend I'm in a music video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, r- running in the rain is... Uh, it's really calming, actually. There's something like therapeutic about running in the rain. So, yeah, I'm all for that. So I know you sometimes go down to the beach and take a bit of a dip. Have you been doing that a lot over the past year? There was a, a time I was visiting my parents in the countryside and got lots of sea dips in, which are class. They just really, they get the heart rate going and uh, you're you're freezing. But it is something that's uh, really rewarding after coming out. So it's something I've done from time to time in the past year. Something I probably uh, would like to make more of like a, a regular thing every month. But definitely it's been a, it's been good fun to sort of take advantage of what we do have in Scotland with with obviously not being able to, to travel anywhere. So it's been nice to get in, the, get in the sea even for a quick little minute in the dip. Do you have any advice for anyone listening to this who's maybe a bit hesitant to get out in nature or maybe needs a bit of motivation? I would say just start small. It doesn't need to be a big thing if you're a bit apprehensive about sort of getting back out into the world again after what's been a, a pretty weird period. You could start as something as simple and trivial as like a walk around the corner, but definitely just getting out and changing your environment. I think that alongside exercise is, is probably one of the best ways to bring your mental health up and just generally feel a bit brighter. So I would just sort of encourage them just to take that first step, even if it is a little bit um, daunting. And um, because I know just how how good it can make you feel once you've been out there and done it. Um, And then hopefully from starting small, you can start to sort of scale up and just change it from a walk to jumping on a bike or getting out for a run. Small steps, this sort of thing can be huge. For the month of May, the Mental Health Foundation is running a fundraising event called Take Action, Get Active. And everyone who signs up to it is encouraged to do 30 minutes of exercise outdoors every day for the month of May. So that could just be a wee walk around the block, a cycle, a run, whatever you like doing outdoors. That's a form of exercise. Jamie, I know that you're taking part in Take Action, Get Active. What has prompted you to sign up and get involved in this? 
it's a great idea and i love the fact that it's, it's 30 minutes i think it makes it very accessible for everyone no matter how sort of busy you are during the day i'm sure people will be able to to put that time aside and, and get outdoors and i know how important that has been for me in the past year so it's something i can really get behind and hopefully it's gonna help get me back into my running a bit because i've been slack in there so yeah i'm just really looking forward to to getting started with that thank you so much jamie and best of luck with that i'm sure you'll do amazing yeah thanks very much hopefully the uh hopefully the weather will be good to us in may <laughs> yeah i hope it's the sun shines down on you in edinburgh that'd be great Becky, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, so I'm Becky, um, 47. I live in Newcastle in the northeast of England. Got a cat called Katinka, and that's me, really. What a lovely cat name. <laughs> Our first question for you is, what does the term nature mean to you? Nature, to me, is all those things that aren't man-made. So it's the flowers and the plants and the leaves and the animals and the insects and the mountains and the coast and the weather and it's all those things that you can touch but also those things you can't touch like the weather it's the big the well the enormous and the minute all of it is nature i love that everything that isn't man-made it's like the wonders of the world yeah <laughs> And for you, would you say nature is easy to access where you live in Newcastle? Yes, to a degree. And there are lots of parks around. There are some quite formal parks and then some informal parks. My favourite one is an informal park, which is probably about a mile away. And it's called Jasmine Dean. It's a little valley with a dean, a little river stream running through it. It was originally the grounds of William Armstrong's house um, and he bequeathed it to the city when he died. It's just beautiful. It's got old buildings in it. Uh, One of them is a restaurant now, but it used to be a a school. I think originally it was the house that was Lord Armstrong's house and it's got some other old ruins and it's got an old water mill that I love. And by the old water mill, there's a huge waterfall and there's a pet's corner down there and I take the cat for walks down there. Oh, great. Does the cat (laughs) enjoy it? Does Katinka like it? She does, yeah. And then, of course, where I am in Newcastle, we're only 10 minutes from the coast and we're only 10 minutes from the countryside in a car. So that's quite easy to access if you've got that transport. And I think that probably the buses go out into the country and definitely to the coast. That's Um, great. Especially having water nearby is so, so lovely. Oh, yeah. Just the sound of the of water trickling through a stream or crashing down a waterfall, it can be so cathartic. You know, all the, all the waves, the beach crashing if it's wild weather or just gently lapping if there's just a no breeze or a gentle breeze. Definitely. I live quite near the sea. I feel really lucky to walk mm. down and hear those sounds. I find them really therapeutic as well. Can you tell us more about your relationship with water and the sea, kind of blue spaces? The sea is um, very important to me. I've always loved the feeling of the sand between my toes. Uh, I had a spinal cord injury a few years ago now and I can't get onto the beach. Um, But I still go to the coast and to uh, a promenade. But before that, well, many, many years ago, I I self-harmed a lot and it got very bad. And all these doctors and nurses and medical folk and friends and family would tell me I had to stop which I found very pressured and very kind of counterproductive. What I really needed 
was to find a place in myself where I wanted to stop, where I didn't need to self-harm anymore. And I did eventually reach that point, but I didn't know how to stop because all the things that the professionals were telling me, they did nothing for me. (laughs) These were hypothetical things that they'd read about in books that might possibly help. And I was a real person with a real situation and a, a real problem. I found my own way and my own way was to use the sea. That time I I wasn't a wheelchair user and I could get onto the beach. And whatever time of day or night, I would take myself to the coast and I would paddle in the sea. And the North Sea is extremely cold. Yes, indeed. (laughs) And I would make myself stay in the water, stay paddling in the water through the pain of the cold until my feet were almost numb. And it was like difficult. I mean, it's difficult difficult enough walking on sand yeah but walking on sand when you've got almost numb feet (laughs) is something else Uh, it probably wasn't terribly safe to be driving with numb feet (laughs) but uh, (laughs) you know I was trying to give up self-harm so (laughs) and it didn't do quite the same thing as the the self-harm but it was similar enough and ultimately it worked and I haven't self-harmed for a long time and I've got the sea to thank for that for nature to thank for that wow um, yeah and so those things go through my mind when I go to the coast and I still go to the coast when I'm feeling low but I don't want coast to be a place where I only go when I'm feeling low and associate it just with negative thoughts and feelings and emotions so I do take myself there and the cat <laughs> <laughs> at other times and I, I love it and yeah sometimes I think about um, the self-harm and how it, it helped me get through that but they're positive connotations now mm. as well yeah I'm quite proud of myself for getting through that and finding my own way through that and it's not often that I can really say that I'm proud of myself and really believe it you should so. be I think thank you so much for sharing that with us because it's really really inspiring to hear and I just love that you know, you've kind of managed your own experience with self-harming and used the sea as a form of self-care to help yourself yeah. come back. Yeah, and I find the sea a fascinating place. You know, there's all those different worlds underneath the water and then there's a different world on the surface of the water on whatever beach is opposite, whatever country that is. And just imagining what's going on there. Maybe it's somebody else who's trying to give up self-harm. Maybe it's someone who's having a party (laughs) definitely there's there's so many so many worlds and experiences and more than we Mm -hmm. can even comprehend out there and the sea is such Mm -hmm. a great almost metaphor for that I know that when I'm looking into the water and you can see some aspects of it depending on where the clouds are you can see and then sometimes it's so deep it's just kind of black and you're like what what's down there I just you know it's really fascinating yeah Becky, I know that you have created a beautiful yard during lockdown. Could you please tell us about that? It sounds amazing. <laughs> well, as I've said, nature is very important to me. And yes, it's relatively easy for me to access, but not in a pandemic when we're in lockdown and I'm shielding. And I very quickly was feeling cut off from nature. At the front, 
if the flat, I've got a very small patch of mud that I sort of say is a garden, <laughs> but I can't actually get to it these days anyway because of I can't get my wheelchair to the front door and there's a big step up to the, the path. Mm. So I can't do that. At the back, I've got my wheelchair access and there's a huge yard, which is an oasis of concrete, really. And I've lived here a long time now. I've never really done anything with it. I've put a few pots in it, a, a shed, but I've not really tended to it. So in lockdown one, I thought this is the time to start doing something to the backyard. But I didn't plan it. So I started off just getting rid of an old hops plant. That was quite difficult to remove. But once I'd done that, I was thinking, right, now I need something to put there instead. So I bought some trellis and a couple of tematists and some pots and some compost. And I planted those and I was like, yeah, that's nice. But now the rest of the place needs a bit more. So I found online garden centres and I had bags and bags of compost delivered and loads of plants. I didn't have a clue what I was doing, but I just potted them up when I could. And I had a couple of folk come around to put things up on the wall for me, like pot holders and a garden mirror. But I ended up creating this yarden. So it's not a garden because it's concrete. <laughs> As I say, I didn't plan it. And I think if I had planned it, I wouldn't have done it because I wouldn't have thought or felt that I was able to do it, partly because I didn't know anything about gardening or yardening, but also because of my physical disabilities. But there just wasn't anybody else here to do it because we were in lockdown. So it was either me or it was nobody. And I really, really wanted to make a nice place where I could get close to nature again and I've really enjoyed just getting stuck in getting my hands muddy and well I wear gloves but you know and watching things grow and you know some things I've grown from seed and looking at the little shoots coming up and getting excited and thinking I made that come up how do you know isn't nature just amazing I've just got these seeds and put them in some mud well it's compost but <laughs> mud added some water and left them to it and look I've got flowers <laughs> it's amazing and I'm part of nature and I can influence nature and you know last summer I had loads of butterflies and bees and the bees are just starting to come back now as well because I've just been doing a little bit more again tidying it up after the long winter and the, the frosts and the spring getting all excited again you know and this year I planted some lettuces I and mean, yeah there were little plug plants but I'm eating my own lettuce and that feels good. It's exciting to be part of it, watching things grow. And yeah, it's amazing. Oh, that's lovely. That's incredible. I love how, I think it's really important the point that you make about, you know, you might not have thought you would be able to achieve so much, but just taking it yeah. step by step was the key to getting that that way because I think sometimes yeah. we can put pressure on ourselves to think oh I need to create this I need to produce this yeah. but sometimes it's just the enjoyment of the journey that actually brings more to life and more to fruition in the end yeah the only thing is I wish that I'd taken photos more photos right at the beginning and sure. I probably would have done that if it had been a planned project yeah and then I've got lots of photos of in development and as it is now but I think it's probably always going to be in development now <laughs> that's great <laughs> and throughout you know lockdown do you think you know building going on this amazing journey building this beautiful yard and would you say that's had a big impact on your mental health definitely yeah it's given me that that space with nature 
it's given me that outdoor experience that is so important just being able to get sunlight not through a window I found really helpful to my mental health and just a you know a breath of fresh air as fresh as it can be in the city opening the door and going and sitting and having lunch out there even if it's cold put a coat on exactly or not if you're a hard Geordie (laughs) (laughs) which I'm not really (laughs) thank you so much Becky I have just one last question for you Mm -hmm. if you were to give some advice to somebody who didn't feel confident to go out and engage with nature even in a small way what would you say to that person I would encourage them to give it a go to try different places different aspects of nature and not just dismiss it all because they've had one experience that they didn't get on with or it wasn't right for them. It can be very cathartic, very restorative. That's how I find it. It can revitalise and give you back some, well, joy. It might not be as strong as that for some. It might just be a little hug inside. Yeah, just, just try it. See what happens. See if you can find a bit of nature that you can relate to. That's great advice. I think you're so right. Everyone has their own relationship with nature and it might look totally different to another's. Mm. So to find your own way of connecting is really important. Becky, thank you so, so much for joining us on the podcast. I've loved chatting to you and just thank you so much for generously sharing your experiences with mental health and nature. Well, thank you for asking. So next, we're speaking to Dr. Chiara Lombardo, who works at the Mental Health Foundation. Chiara, thank you for joining me. Could you please introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your role at the foundation? Hi, Jenny. Thank you very much for inviting me to this podcast. I've been working at the Mental Health Foundation for the last three years. I am a research, senior research officer, and for the last five months, I've been leading the research report for Mental Health Awareness Week 2021. As we know, the theme for this year is nature and how we connect with nature. Brilliant. And can you tell us more about the report that shows why nature is so positive for mental health? So during the the restriction to control the coronavirus pandemic, people have turned to nature. And through our own study at the Mental Health Foundation, we have discovered that one of the key factors that has enabled people to cope with the restrictions and the difficulties and anxieties of the pandemic, nature and turning into nature, going to walks and spending time outdoors has been quite an important and key factors. And we know that nearly half of the population, the UK population, adult population, has spent uh, time visiting green spaces such as parks, and that has helped them to cope with the anxieties and the stress of the restrictions. So, and our fundings are supported by other research as well. And through these months that we have been studying, um, conducting studies about nature and mental health, we know that seven in 10 UK adults say that being close to nature improves their mood. More than six in 10 UK adults also say that being in nature has led them to experience positive emotions such as calm, wonder, and joy. 
And again, 49% uh, of UK adults said that being close to nature helps them cope with stress. So we have lots of evidence from surveys and from literature and scientific literature that is telling us that being in nature, spending time with nature, connecting with nature and developing a positive relationship benefits our emotional well-being, our mental health and helps to reduce um, feelings like anxiety and negative emotions. Wow, that's so interesting. Thank you for sharing that. I wonder, was there anything that showed a difference between the effects of blue spaces and green spaces? Yes, we, we talk about blue spaces and green spaces a lot. When we talk about blue spaces, we refer to things like uh, lakes, rivers, the coast. And then when we talk about green spaces, we talk, it's of course like the garden, our gardens, park, a forest, outdoor spaces like so a green space. But um, there isn't like a huge difference in that. Uh, what we say that what makes a difference is um, access nature in a way that works for everyone because nature is, is everywhere. And what we recommend is to find nature wherever you are. Uh, nature is all around us. It could be like uh, in, a, in a garden, in a local park, in a nearby beach or in a in the countryside. And of course, we acknowledge that nature cannot be easily accessed by everyone. Even in cities, like we can find some nature, and although it could be harder to find, but there might be some community gardens. Mm-hmm. And for those who find uh, nature life difficult to access, we want to give like a message that what it is important is the quality of the relationship and that you develop nature. So how you connect with nature, even like opening a window and listening to the birds singing. Mm. This is a way to connect with nature or bringing pots inside your home. This is a way to connect with nature or watching documentaries about nature, uh, reading a poem uh, about nature. This is, again, uh, a way that might make you feel connected uh, to nature and redeveloping and finding out new ways of building up a relationship with nature. Definitely. Thank you. That's so interesting. I know myself, I most relate to... I love green spaces as well, but I'm really kind of attracted to water. I'm lucky to live near the sea, but I sometimes find when I wake up first thing in the morning, (laughs) I like to look at just videos on my phone of like waterfalls exotic waterfalls on Pinterest and that helps me feel kind of a lot better in the morning and that's just a small small part do you have any recommendations for listeners to help them connect with nature to support their mental health if they're maybe kind of struggling to get started not sure where to begin we have our top tips that will be released that are in our report. But there are like many ways in which you can connect with nature. We say use your senses and take time to reflect in natural surroundings. So, for example, like in your if you're in your way you work and you are you are cycling or you're driving to work, trying to. Uh, listen to the birds or look for bees and butterflies. So 
uh, notice something different that you wouldn't notice otherwise. So stop and reflect and watch the nature around you or look at the movement of the clouds. So reflect and take a moment to notice, a mindful moment to notice nature. All these good things, nature around you can surprise you and can help you to find a sense of calm and joy. Get out in nature, of course, and if you can try and spend time visiting visiting um, natural spaces, green spaces like parks and uh, rivers and wetlands. If you can't, if you can, that will reduce your risk of mental health problems and it will make you feel better. If you can bring nature inside your home, grow like a little like garden with some herbs or some pots, if you can, and uh, also do some pictures, keep some pictures on, on your phone um, of the places where that you have visited. Now, you mentioned the top tips guide that's created by the Mental Health Foundation. Which one of the tips would you say is your favourite out of all of them? To me, it's combining nature with creativity, uh, number six. That's because I haven't been blessed with any artistic talent. <laughs> I'm sure that's not true. <laughs> I would have loved to be a painter and being able to paint like beautiful landscapes. Uh, but unfortunately, I haven't. I've tried, uh, but uh, with not much success. But instead, I do some photography and I love doing that. Even with my phone, like I keep my phone. So whenever I can, I will take pictures of landscapes, parks I visit, or my favorite landscapes are seasides. So I will have plenty of those on my phone, which I keep looking back. So that's my way of being creative. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know that I enjoy that as well. I love taking photos of nature around me and uh, I really like sharing it online as well on Instagram and Twitter. It's a nice way to kind of put something positive out and something that's calming to look at. Could you talk a bit more about your personal relationship with nature? What's your favourite way apart from um, taking photos and connecting in a creative way? Do you like go for walks? Do you exercise outside? What What's your other connections to it? Yeah, I quite like going for walks and I have got a dog. So, uh, so that's quite a natural way of um, going out outside for walks and then it's a good way of exercising and whatever the weather. Also, I was saying, yes, I come from, from Sicily and yes, there it's usually very warm and sunny. And where I come from, I come from Catania, which is on the east coast. So we have the sea, we have the sun, and we've got this beautiful Mount Etna, which is a volcano, uh, which quite regularly erupts. And uh, we've got this beautiful, quite energetic show of red lava flowing, which you can see. So for me, I would add like blue spaces, uh, green spaces, and like red spaces. <laughs> Fantastic combination of synergy in the landscape where you see like a serene blue sea and then in the background you see like the mountain with it's like a red flow or lava, with it, which is like a... Yeah, it's a great combination of a natural landscape uh, with a mixture of all sorts of emotions that brings inside you. 
nice way of connecting with nature. That sounds incredible. Do you have any pictures of that image? Oh, yes, I've got plenty of pictures of that. Oh, I would love to see it. Maybe we can share it with listeners if you'd yes, be happy I, I to. Yes, I will. Definitely, definitely I will. Kiara. Thank you for chatting to me today. This was really, really interesting and insightful. I really appreciate you sharing all of your findings and your your own insights on your own relationship with nature with us. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Jolie, thank you for joining us. Can you please introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your role at the Mental Health Foundation? I'm Jolie Goodman. I'm Programmes Manager for empowerment and later life at the Mental Health Foundation. That means I kind of develop projects which fit that title about empowering adults and working with people who are in later life, which actually can start as early as 55. And what kind of work have you been doing recently around nature and mental health? So it'd be great to talk about two pieces of work. The first actually started a couple of years ago, so it was before lockdown and the pandemic. We began a really nice partnership with the Worldwide Wildlife Federation and produced a a book called Thriving with Nature. And this is a very practical guide which which looks at what happens over a calendar year about the changing of the seasons and gives people ideas about different ways to engage with nature through the four seasons. My role with that guy was to think about how nature can be accessible to people who might struggle to perhaps get outside for a variety of reasons. We do know that for people with experiencing poor mental health, the front door can be a real barrier to getting outside. Hmm. And of course, we've been locked down in the pandemic, which has changed things for all of us. The second piece of work as well, which is which was actually we which we started before the pandemic, but um, has has really taken shape over the last year. And that's a partnership with the Wildfowl and Wetlands Trust for a big project called Blue Prescribing. So we're going to be working in Somerset and in London on that project now. And the Somerset work is based in a beautiful space that I'm looking forward to going to because I'm based in London, so I haven't seen it yet, but I've seen some great photos. And the Wildfire Wetlands Trust got, got a grant from the um, Green Recovery Challenge Fund. And the idea is they're, they're going to be doing some work on the, on the landscape there with volunteers. So and they, I think they're going to be rebuilding the landscape, but they've also got money for health-based well-being interventions. And that's where the Mental Health Foundation comes in. So for over well over a decade, we've been running um, self-management, six weeks self-management courses with people. And they're, they're quite a gentle way to put people in charge of their own mental health. And we all have a lot of things that we already do to look after ourselves. I think being part of a course can be really helpful for thinking about what we already do and what our peers are doing as well. And this will be the first time that we work nature-based activities so it's so we're going to be actually tomorrow i'm going to be starting something called co-production of a new course and by co-production i mean working mm-hmm. with people who'll be taking part in the course as well as people from the wildfowl wetlands trust just think how we can take our usual self-management course and the last time i really did that was with 
with people working in prison education, how we take that the basis of this course and think about how nature can impact positively on mental health. And we're really delighted because we've just got um, we've just been supported by a corporate funder called Simply Health. And so we're going to be working for a year with the London Wetlands Centre. And we again, we'll be co-producing a course for people there. And these people will have been come out in the Mental Health Foundation's COVID research programme as, you know, has, having been very negatively impacted by the pandemic. So it's people with long-term conditions, people from black and ethnic minority groups, and people with um, people who are lone parents as well. So we will be able sure. to contrast the work in Somerset and London and have kind of a rural and urban version of our self-management course. So people will do, um, people will be allowed to now do face-to-face -face activities and an online course. We are hoping, like with the theme this year for Mental Health Awareness Week, that connecting with nature will really benefit participants in what we're calling the blue prescriptions course. Um, it will benefit their mental health. That's really exciting. Jolie, if anyone listening wanted to get involved and do one of the courses themselves, how would they do that? I think and all, all the wildfire and wetlands trust, but at the moment, the courses are just happening at Stirt Marshes and the London Wetlands Centre. And it's going to be a few months away. So my suggestion is, Kind of look at our social media about July, August and find out how to get involved. But the Somerset work is actually live now. So I, I Google that. But it's the information will be on the Wildfire on Wetlands Trust website. And I can give you contacts of the wellbeing officers there who's in charge if people are interested in courses. Because over the next year, we're going to have a lot of courses and we're very keen on part finding participants who want to improve their mental health and well-being through accessing nature. Oh, that's wonderful. We'll share that information in the podcast notes if ever, anyone listening wants to pick it up after listening. Um, can I just go quickly back to the Thriving with Nature guidebook? Could you just tell us how that went down when it was released? Did you have feedback? How did folk respond to that? I think it got a really positive response. We had originally hoped that it would be released in March last year and obviously we were just going into lockdown so in the end it was released in the summer and I think probably around the time that restrictions were loosening after the first wave I think it got a really positive response on our and you can, on our website and social media and really started the conversation about nature and mental health that we've taken a lot further this year. Sure. It's such a beautiful guidebook. I'd recommend to anyone listening to go and look it up. It's the Thriving with Nature guidebook. And if you search that online along with the Mental Health Foundation, you should be able to find it. And we'll share a link to it in the podcast notes as well. It is, it's such a beautiful, incredibly illustrated guidebook. Do you have a favourite section in yeah. it, Jolie? Well, I'm really seduced by all the drawings. And I think, I think that they... um. So no, I don't particularly have a, a favourite, but personally, I, I kind of, I, I'm a summer person. Images resonate with me, but I think we, we wanted the guy to have a very particular feel. And I think the pictures make it something very special. Now, the Mental Health Foundation have created a top tips guide for connecting with nature as part of Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Now, I know you've been involved in putting the top tips together. What, what tip is your favourite out of all of them? Well, I, I, I've got two, and one is about engaging with nature creatively, because I think sometimes it's really good just to just to spend some time in nature, but also perhaps 
I think creativity can be really about observation, looking at what's around you. It's all your senses, really. So it's listening to birdsong and just seeing what you can see. And this this is really relevant, whether you're in an urban or a rural space, because I found in southeast London, there's quite a lot of nature. During the pandemic, I found a wood that, you know, 10 minutes walk away and I really didn't know it existed. And I have lived here rather a long time for that to be. Oh, wow. So that's kind of creatively, the tip about engaging the nature creatively. But for me personally, and reflecting kind of my role of the pandemic, I think bringing nature to you is something that I feel is really very important. I think we're recording just, just at the point that lockdown is really easing for this spring. But there's a real question for all of us and, and quite a lot of emotion about how we're all going to emerge out of the pandemic. And obviously, our relationship with nature is personal, but obviously how we emerge from the pandemic is also very personal, be very different for different people. So for the people that I work with in later life, some people will be emerging very slowly. Some people have kind of retreated indoors. And I really like the idea of thinking about very simple ways that nature can be brought into people. And I'm, I'm only talking things like house plants, but it feels very important. I had a really great story when I did a training session. Somebody talked about having to look after her daughter's house plants during lockdown. She didn't regard herself as somebody who had managed to look after house plants successfully. But actually, the house plants thrived and gave a particular focus to her, you know, the conversation she had with her daughter by phone. It was, a, you know, and it was something that was really positive. And I've also heard other stories. A grandmother was given sunflower seeds last Mother's Day by her granddaughter. And though they couldn't meet in the summer, she planted them and they really, we had good weather last summer, they really bloomed. And they, so that's kind of a way that using nature kind of in your own environment can really make you feel good and nature having a very positive impact on your mental health. They are lovely stories. Thank you so much for sharing them. And I think it's so true. It's that sense of achievement when you're helping something to grow. Helps to have that greenery around you very much for your well-being, I think. No, it does. And I think it doesn't, it's not necessary always to be outside in nature and food people who will have issues accessing nature as they emerge, even kind of looking at wildlife programs, things like Spring Watch or as such a host of work by David Attenborough. I think it's very good for us. It's, it, it can make us feel quite peaceful. And I think it can be a way to be a bit distant on the stresses of everyday life and the complexity of life after a pandemic. Jolie, thank you so much for chatting to me. It was such a pleasure to hear about the work that you've been doing and your own experiences. Really grateful for you sharing that on the podcast. Thank you so much for asking me to take part. Thank you so much to Cass, Jamie, Becky, Kiara and Jolie for joining me on the Mental Health Foundation podcast today. I have been your host, Jenny Walker, and I really hope this episode helps you think more about your relationship with nature and how you can connect more with the outdoors to support your mental health. All of the resources and guides we've mentioned in this episode are available in the podcast notes and on our website, mentalhealth.org.uk. Do make sure to check out the top tips for more advice on connecting with nature and the wonderful Thriving with Nature guide that we have. We're continuing this conversation over on our social media channels. So if you feel comfortable sharing your own story and your own experience of how nature has helped your mental health or your well-being, remember to use the hashtag connectwithnature. 
If you have been affected by any of the topics that have come up on today's podcast episode, then please remember that the Samaritans are available 24-7 for free in the UK. All you have to do is call them on 116-123 in the UK and whatever you're going through, they're there to face it with you. CAM is the national helpline for men to talk about any troubles they're feeling. Call 0800 58 58 58 from 5pm to midnight, 365 days a year in the UK. If speaking on the phone is too difficult and you prefer to text, then get in touch with Crisis Text Line by texting SHOUT to 85258. If you're experiencing a personal crisis, you feel unable to cope and you might need support, they're there for you 24-7. If you yourself are feeling like ending your life, please call 999 right now or go to A&E and ask for the contact of the nearest crisis resolution team. These are teams of mental health care professionals who work with people in severe distress. If you would like more information on where to get support for your mental health, please visit mentalhealth.org.uk forward slash getting hyphen help. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Take care.